Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George. You're listening to the weekly show with the boys Connor. Hello. Benny. Hi there. Rejoice, fellas. My nose. Hooray. It's okay. <laughs> Thank I can breathe. God. I have I genuine sleep. difficulty going back and reviewing what we've said in yeah. all podcasts when your nose is like <laughs> the, that. The um, Jurassic <laughs> Kingdom. That's the worst. That's the worst. That's the worst of the worst. Like, anyway. The worst what? of it was that when I was listening to it, on my laptop. Your ears started bleeding? Yeah. No, it was more that like I got the visuals of you sitting there oh, with like yeah. running nose, like disgusting human being. Jesus. Yeah, it was um, it was rough, I've got to say. That was a rough day. Anyway, let's catch up on what everyone's been watching before we get into the news. So Connor, you got some stuff. Got some um, really, yeah, really I'm, amazing Yeah, please don't sell me too high. Um I've been watching a lot of stand up recently. Um, Netflix, I feel like this has almost kind of gone under the radar for a lot of people, but Netflix has put a lot of money into getting, um, you know, stand-up acts and like signing people off for the three or four specials and stuff. Yep. So I just watched, uh, Bert Kreischer's new stand-up. Um, he's in the same vein as like that Tom Segura, Joe Rogan kind of comic, Bill Burr. Um, it was a. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> like I don't. Know, it's it's hard to critique. It. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's hard to critique, like comedy specials. Funny or not funny? Did you belly yeah. laugh? Ooh. Or was it chuckle funny? It's chuckle funny. Okay. I belly laughed at Tom Segura, Segura's one. The first one of his, I belly laughed to that. Really? Yeah. The most recent one, I I, I love Tom Segura because it's very um dry. ordinary. Like it's very day to day stuff. He doesn't get into these wild stories. I feel that's, like his stuff is very relatable. Yeah, that's very much different than Bert's because his is just stories. It's him doing ridiculous shit. Um, and then he just kind of like the way he tells it's really good. And then I just, whenever he laughs, I laugh because his laugh is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Tom Segura's one is like, his style is so dry. I was watching with someone and they're like, I don't like, I think it's funny, but I'm looking at him. It's really freaking me out because he's not giving anything away <laughs> in like... Um, the way that his face looks or anything like that. It's just really dry stuff. Um, so yeah, I watched that. And I also watched another one that Netflix has been um, promoting the shit out of. This was last week, actually. Um, it's uh, What's her name? She did a recent special on a boat. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, it was boat. very funny. Have you watched the latest Jim Jeffries? I got like halfway through it and then um, I think I like fell asleep or something. Damn. And then I never went back to it. And I was like, oh. Whoops! I Ash and I watched that in Greece, and we were just cracking up, man. He's it was great, so isn't he? funny. Yeah, he really he toes the line, though, man. Some of his <laughs> stuff that he says. Who yeah. would have thought that the guy that was just the most vile turned out to be this kind of like he, he, like his image has completely changed since he did that gun routine. Yeah. Voice of reason. Yeah, and you're like, that shouldn't be you. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be you. <laughs> Benny? Uh, yes, I've watched some things this Watched week. some stand-up comedies? Nope. <laughs> haven't watched those. Um, right, next segment. I checked out more of uh, Disenchantment, the new Matt Groening show on Netflix. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, I started that as well. Yeah. That's what I watched. Yeah, I really wanted to talk to you about that. Well, your section's over, so yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> you must remain silent for the rest of the... Quiet on the East Wing. <laughs> I think I'm a little over halfway through. Um, still enjoying it. It's, it's pretty lightweight stuff, but... Um, yeah, because you were really, you really amped on it last week. I really enjoyed the first episode. Yeah, I've watched it uh, twice now, actually. But um, so I, the pilot was particularly strong. Other people have said it gets better as it goes. Uh-huh. Um, I liked, I liked the pilot a lot. 
and I, I'm liking the show in general. I, I don't have anything bad to say about it, but like like Futurama, it's, I think it starts out quite slowish. Okay. Yeah, I actually I agree with you mm. in that it came out swinging. Like I thought that was a really solid pilot episode. Yeah, nice. Um, and then has kind of just not done anything particularly spectacular since. Mm, it's kind of plodding along. Yeah. But, um, but I will say the music is fantastic. So good, right? Really, really, really good. Orchestral. Um, it's, I mentioned last time it's Mark Mothers but the lead singer of Devo who did uh, Thor Ragnarok oh, so it's kind of got an 80s well 80s no no, it's, it's all no, no. like it's all like medieval instruments it's actually sort of a stuff. lot of like violin like Gaelic kind of like yeah. there's because I played violin for quite a while and, and there's a lot of old Gaelic songs that I recognize in this so he's <laughs> like he's, he's incorporating a lot of classic um, music into cool. this um, but like it's got like a I, I don't know like almost a modern edge to it. Not like, yeah, it, it's like a it's like a it's like a, some folksy band you'd see in a pub nowadays, like some hipster yeah, band that sort plays of. like old um, old news music. There's, we've got some friends that go like to shanty nights where they go to bars and they sing shanties. <laughs> yeah, like, nice. Oh my that god, that's so hipster. <laughs> Next level. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm probably about halfway through on this as well. Is it 26 or episodes or 13? 10. 10. Oh, 10. Mm. Right, okay. Keeping it short and That's sweet. That's pretty small for grainy. That's good. Yeah. Good. Everyone should do that nowadays. No more 26 episodes. No, no, it's very necessary, right? No, it's Please. over. It's over. Um, I also checked out a few episodes of the uh, What We Do in the Shadows spin-off Wellington Paranormal. Is that out? It is out, yeah. Oof. On um, what's, um, what legit? It's on uh, SBS streaming okay. or ABC okay. iView, one of the two. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're just literally just giving it away in Australia, nice. which is cool. Um it's uh it's good fun it's really silly it's not like as polished or as like you know classic as what we do in the shadows okay it actually feels kind of endearingly low budget and uh almost amateurish in some okay. ways like some people who are not actors and some special effects that are clearly done by some guy in a basement but they're very well done okay for what they're working with yep um yeah just a really endearing show and a lot of fun that that has become almost a style unto itself mm. is that low budget style it's always Australian comedy stuff as yeah. well. <laughs> oh, Kiwi. Um, I also rewatched Annabelle Creation on Netflix. Yeah, uh, I've almost, almost done that as watched, well. Watched that movie last year in theaters. Absolutely loved it. Um, watching it the second time, because I insisted that movie was pretty much all just jump scares, but really well executed and a lot of fun. It's kind of a roller coaster. And so, yeah, watching it the second time wasn't scary at all, but still just a really good movie. Um, and those the, the two young girls who play the leads are just phenomenal. They, they are so yeah. good. And um, just a little nod to The Nun, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm so Imagine excited. we'll have a review for you, yeah. I'm so excited for that. Um, the, some of the Facebook ads just have been very effective, I feel. Yeah. Like that <laughs> yeah. face. Like the, the banned YouTube like, oh ads and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, and I also watched uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, the, the Ouija McG board yeah. movie prequel. The McG one? Uh, I think he produced those movies, perhaps. I don't know. Um, he definitely didn't direct anything. So it was... Um, Weed Origin of Evil was directed by the guy who did uh, Gerald's Game and Before I Wake. Um, oh, you know, all that good stuff we've been watching lately. That sounds good. Yes. So so you haven't seen Weed Origin of Evil? No. Okay. It is fantastic. Really? really? Oh, yeah. It's what? It's a Ouija prequel. It's the same as Annabelle. It's the prequel to a crappy movie that right. no one cared about. And it is terrific. Because um, Gerald's game, I was unbelievably impressed with yeah, Stephen yeah. King adaptation on yeah. Netflix. What else that guy direct? He's done so so many good things. Uh, yeah, uh, we went back and watched. I went back and watched Hush, a couple. That that Hush, one with yeah. the, the deaf woman being yeah, and uh, that weird one where the kid was sort of before I wake. Yeah, before I wake with the the 
lucid dreaming and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, which which I enjoyed more than you guys, I think. But um, uh, yeah. So this movie, I don't want to pump it up too much, but I really enjoyed the hell out of it. That sounds awesome. It's mostly a character piece. It's not like super scary. It's a real slow burn, which um I love. And it, in a lot of ways, it almost feels like a remake of The Exorcist and a really successful one. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. There's, there's just one scare in particular that the girl I was with screamed at the top of her lungs at like 1 a.m. in the morning in my apartment and uh, scared the shit out of me. I, I'm not sure if it was that scary or this the scream scared me, but uh, it was uh, it's really cool I, movie. Really enjoyed it. I love genuine reaction to horror films or even yeah. comedy films, like anything. Like when someone lets, lets out like a proper belly uh, laugh, that is fantastic it's, it's, it's intoxicating almost, it's yeah. it is i mean watching films watching thor ragnarok with lucas and him <laughs> laughing <laughs> at that the, the, like a, a fairly innocuous scene was for a moment beautiful yeah that and now that'll forever be the funniest joke in the movie when you think yeah. back yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not the best highlight reel anyway let uh, me know what you guys think of that movie i really enjoyed it ouija origin of evil hmm. okay definitely, haven't seen the first one but definitely check that out <laughs> Yeah, I only heard bad things about the first one. Mm. Uh, I went and watched Crazy Rich Asians this week, which uh, was... Oh, are we jumping into your segment then, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. No (laughs) preamble? Um, Well, he's all done. I'm all done. He's all Um, done. Crazy Rich Asians, huge. Taking the world by storm, it seems. Uh, Sequel has been announced. Mm -hmm. Said no to a Netflix acquisition. Really? That's baller. (laughs) Well, you know, this was um, really a a fantastic rom-com. I can't recommend it highly enough. You know, the rom-com genre has been pretty dire the past uh, sort of decade or so, I would say. Really? Yeah, I mean, what's... what's, Crazy Stupid Love? Amazing. How long ago was that? About a decade ago? No. (laughs) Crazy Stupid Love? That was like 2010. No, 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 no. Crazy Stupid Love. Please don't tell me that was 2010. 2011. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. So seven years ago, not even close. Um, uh, but that, you know, like that, just that more typical 90s uh, rom-com, that's kind of dried up, I feel. Mm. Uh, and this one was a really, really uh, refreshing, cool locations. Nice to see a diverse cast on screen. Really refreshing. Funny. Um, hilarious. Hilarious. Mm. And very, very emotional mm. as well. They really wrote the characters out and gave them a lot to work with. And there was just some really interesting themes with, you know, family and your background and, uh, you know, fitting in. Uh, it's, I think everyone can relate to it. Yeah. So it's, I highly recommend it. And I can see why it's done so well at the box office. It's got that same thing with Black Panther, you know, just like we haven't seen this before. It's amazing that you haven't seen this kind of Hollywood film before with. Did you see The Big Sick? The Big Sick. That was the Kumail guy in the no, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I only okay. heard good things though. Amazing, very good, yeah, very good film. And it, like, yeah. from what you've described, reminds me a little bit of that. Probably, Big Sick is probably a little bit more serious, a bit more drama. I, a bit more of a drama. I get the vibe with that one. Uh, I'd say emotional, very much a comedy. Yeah, I'd say like from what you've described, it sounds very similar. Okay, well, I must definitely go check that out. It's definitely on my list. You yeah. simply must. <laughs> it must happen. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, Yeah. Let's Alrighty. move forward. Let's do that. Should we talk about some news? Let's talk. Let's talk. It's got some heavy hitters. Yeah, okay. Uh, top five news. Number one. We've only got four stories. Um, <laughs> for, the, for the eighth week running, we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, the Hollywood Reporter has reported that production on Guardians 3 has been put on hold. Crew members who are assembling for pre-production are being dismissed and are free to look for new work. Uh, there is now no timetable on when the film will be put back on track. This is kind of crazy isn't it this is the first for marvel i've got it must be 
other than in humans, they really don't change the, re- the this, release plate like this. Well, they they hadn't set schedule. a release date for the film, they had, but they had say had set a release. Um, uh, sorry, a production start date. Wasn't it 2020? It was supposed to come out, but they hadn't set a specific date. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so they're free to push it back. Right. Okay. Without sure. Has much there backlash, been yeah. any? Because I mean, there were certain films that they teased but never went forward with. I think early on, wasn't there? They've been, but pretty nothing, good. nothing. Just this, in humans, just in humans, changed from movie format to a TV show. No, they, been, I'm pretty sure they never made it. <laughs> Live that life. It doesn't Live exist. Yeah. Um, but they've, unlike DC or even the, well, we'll see what happens with Sony. But you know, they have not changed up the the release schedule nearly as. This, um, this is the biggest one that we've had. Yeah. It feels like it could be a tipping point for Marvel. This is like now Marvel's the the king, and they're just. They're tripping over themselves. It's like, well, fuck. They turned into the bad guys, man. <laughs> Even yeah, though this is really Disney. You can't stay on top forever. That's that's the nature I thought they'd of- at least get out Infinity War 2 <laughs> before this shit started happening. <laughs> well, if they look, if they can finish Infinity War 2 without any huge complications- I believe it's called Avengers 4, Connor. <sighs> you fucked you up. You literally just said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you made the mistake of not correcting me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good point. That's on me, I he guess. He lured you into his yeah. trap. <laughs> There's a fan. I get it. An Infinity War 2 in front uh, of you. <laughs> such a smug piece of shit. Um, yeah, if they get past that, Avengers 4, um, without any huge screw-ups, then I think I'm happy. Because this, this is more kind of political bullshit. This is, you know, if... Effectively, if Guardians Three never comes out, that's not really gonna. That's not gonna crush me, and it's. I don't think it's gonna crush the franchise either. No. It's more if they put it out and it's shit, then that's in. That's in the MCU. Mm. You can't take that back. But if you call it before you get it out there, then that's you know that's just in ten years, no one will remember that there is some controversy over whether they brought a third one on or not. Yeah, this feels like it could be a bad sign. I, I could honestly see Feige leaving after he's done with Avengers Four. Wow! Now, just because like it bad just, omens, it, yeah. Well, it just seems like, like, ah, oh, man, the, just getting rid of gun. That's such a huge thing. Like, I, he was meant to be shepherding the whole franchise. I forward share after that, that same kind of feeling, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as uh, intensely as you. But since Ant Man and the Wasp really didn't impress me, granted, I do need to go see it again. Mm. And then this news, I'm like, kind of, kind of the same kind of feeling. You know, Microsoft, IBM, these guys are at the top of their game and we've seen them fall from grace. Mm. Maybe this is Marvel's kind of, you know, you can't stay at the top forever. Microsoft hasn't fallen from grace. Well, I mean, Apple's, hasn't Apple the first company to hit one trillion? And they were, you know... First American company. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, read a book, George. Sorry. I don't read. This doesn't really reflect your point at all. Sorry. He's on me I told you, we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have talked business before we, we got on the podcast. I'm just raring to go. But um, it's, that same, it's that same kind of... Um, you can't stay on the top. You can't be thing. the king forever, yeah. is what you're saying. And yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, there's no way that Marvel will continue on this trajectory of just pumping out, you know, good films. They're like... That will come to an end at some point. I just want there to be kind of a fairly clear beginning and end to that, like to the good part, and then everything after that. I'm like, eh, whatever. Not so sort if of they trickle get, away, and well, not even that. But like, if they get to Avengers four and then they start a decline from there, sweet. At least we've got one big story arc that I can go back and say, hey, these are twenty films that really rock and they work well together, yeah. and there's some kind of 
like conclusion to that whole story, which I feel like they'll try and do with the capping off of, um, is it number three? Phase three or four now? Phase three. Three, yeah. It'll be capping off phase three. Mm. Um, and then they'll try and, I think they'll try and do almost a, a different direction for phase four. But if that doesn't work, whatever. We've got one to three. Um, mm. Indications seem to be that they are going with Gunn's script still. So Batista's threat doesn't have to go forward of him quitting if they don't use the script. Yeah. It it makes me say, I hope, because I've got this, I hope that the same feeling that I have towards Star Wars right now doesn't sort of move over to Marvel mm. because, um, yeah, so Star Wars right now for me is just, uh, it's a little unappealing for some, for whatever reason. Mm. I need to let it sort of sit yeah. for a while and let it just sit in the corner and then I'll come back to it when episode nine comes out. Look, give it 10 years and these three films will be the, like, they'll be the best films ever. I mean, that if people can look back at the prequels and be like, those are good films, then we're set. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> when do you guys think the superhero movie thing is going to die? Or do you think it will never die? You know, if Marvel, let's say, let's say it's 2020, 2022, Marvel's kind of not nearly where it was as it is so in this- now. In this reality, we're assuming that Marvel has dropped yeah, off. Marvel's dropped off. DCEU is pumping. Uh, Tom Cruise is Green Lantern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what kind of dystopian future are you, <laughs> are you describing? Do you guys see this ever ending, or do you think this is the staple of um, you know the Hollywood genre, the blockbuster film? Um, I think it's probably about as saturated as we're going to get. I yeah. don't think it'll stay as uh, prevalent as it is forever. But it'll still always be that kind of thing. I'm sure it'll keep waxing and waning forever. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, like that, that's since day one. Like we've had superhero films for a- ages. Like, yeah, sci-fi I, they've, films. they've been huge blockbuster fodder since, like, consistently since '89 with Batman. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a long time right there. Superheroes have been around for a long, long time, just not in this kind of particular way. I think mm. the shared universe thing will be the biggest experiment of 2020 and onwards. Um, really, it's 2015 onwards, where every property is trying to figure out how they're going to integrate a shared universe. I reckon that a lot of people will try it. They'll fail miserably, and then it will, you know, people won't look at it as the craze that they seem to be looking at it like now. Well, we're already halfway through that prediction anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. That's why I kind of amended it to say that that experiment really started in 2015. Mm. Roughly. And there's another little tidbit to this, correct? Uh, yeah, apparently uh, one source has said that uh, Marvel has had a meeting with Taika Waititi um, about a mystery project, which maybe could be Guardians, could be something else, who knows. Bring it on, I say. I know you guys aren't into this idea, but I- I'd love to see him have another crack in the Marvel Marvel Universe, and this one makes the most sense to me. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm into it. And Ragnarok is a lot better on that second viewing. I really enjoyed it the last time I watched it. And then I watched it again subsequently with the director's commentary. Even better. <laughs> Always on about that commentary. Yeah, too. it's hilarious. <laughs> I liked it less the second time I saw it. Really? Mm. When uh. Did you see that in the cinema? Okay. Yeah. Um, but there was no one in the cinema. Nobody laughed. And then you were like, fuck, this movie isn't funny. Because nobody laughed. Well, I didn't laugh. <laughs> which which am, didn't help. <laughs> I'm not necessarily against the idea of Taika Waititi doing it. But it certainly wouldn't be my first choice, just because I feel like I I like 
Thor Ragnarok as that entry that Taika Waititi did, and I, I just kind of want to leave it at that. I don't want that to bleed too much into other films, I guess. Who would you want to see? Chris Nolan. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, uh, Chris, Chris Nolan. Nolan. <laughs> um, Darren Aronofsky. Um, That'd be cool. I'll be down for that. <laughs> be for the fountain of the really fucked up. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, actually. I don't think... I don't... I think Guardians should be taken over by someone that isn't a big name. Almost like Taika like, was someone, before someone like Thor. James Gunn? Someone like Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn. <laughs> if Sean <laughs> Gunn has, has uh, um, directing chops, fuck it, get him in there. <laughs> yeah, and no, then, I'm, I'm... I would I'm like gun, to see... I'm gun for it. <laughs> I'm gun for it. Let's leave it at that. Gun for gun. All right, next up, uh, in similar news... Uh, Michael G. Wilson, Barbara Broccoli, and Daniel Craig today, not today, announced that due to creative differences, Danny Boyle has decided to no longer direct Bond 25. Barbara Broccoli, that's a great name. Yeah, so we've talked about them before, the, the Broccoli family. They they own the rights to, to James Bond, the, the film rights. Um, Clinging on to them. Yeah, man. Do you have any strong love for Danny Boyle? I think Danny Boyle, when he's on his game, he is one of the best. Yeah, totally. He's one of the definitely one of the most interesting filmmakers. And even when it doesn't work out, that well, I can't remember the name of the top of my head. Yeah, mm. even when it don't work, didn't work out, there was still enough there to keep me interested and mm. uh, an enjoy a fairly enjoyable experience. Mm. Yeah, I'd even chuck that on again just to kind of dissect it a bit. Train spawning, one twenty seven hours. You know, these are really great films. I feel I really like those films. Twenty eight days later. 28 Days Later, shit, man. That terrified me when I was a kid. <laughs> that was a re- like that, 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 that first 10 me. minutes. That first 10 minutes is amazing. That scarred me, it. man. So that was a fun week and a half where Danny Boyle was directing a Bond movie. He, he seemed like a logical choice. I mean, he's British. Did he though? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he is a little more experimental than a lot of other filmmakers. He does, that's the, the thing. Bond. He doesn't feel like the obvious choice, which is why I was excited about it. Yeah, he seems a little less traditional. Yeah. I mean, he did the London Olympics. You know, he's kind of like that pedigree British director. And, you know, the British want to keep that and, and celebrate that. So it made sense to me. He's um, more of a genre guy, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, nonetheless, regardless, I was really excited to see what he's going to do with this. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, Creative Differences strikes again. Um, you got to wonder what would have been so big that... Uh, like, what, what, what on earth is... Is other producers insisting upon so so intently that I, I don't think it would have been that I think it would have been Danny Boyle insisting on something and the producers being like, "Look, James Bond is a very particular brand. Don't fuck with it." And well, I think, that's, that's sort of what I meant. Is is like what what are they so? What would they budge? Like on? after everyone hated the last one so much, why would they bring people, in Danny Boyle and then be like, "No, you can't make a Danny Boyle people thing." People freaked out when there is you know a blonde, blonde Bond, bond yeah. and and a Bond with abs. Like people freaked out at that. I mean, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you kind of have to play the franchise to the fans that you have. And Do I, you? well, yeah. Otherwise, the franchise. I would assume they'd be looking for a reinvention at this point because, as I, I said, so. the last one, just but it did really well at the box office. It made eight fifty, eight hundred fifty million. Did it really? Eight hundred fifty bucks. No, so. Um, what was the one before that? Skyfall. Skyfall. That cracked a billion. Mm. And then Spectre hit around 800, 850. So it did it really did well. Well, but that would be seen as a failure in certain regards, surely. How? Like a fall of that much at the box office? Oh. That's, that's 
That's not great. Like when you have such a, like when you're following up a billion dollar movie, what a huge leg up that is. Most definitely. When it, it's when it, be hard. when it only recoups, you know, 80% of that. But Bond is net, I, I'd say if we, if we looked at the, I would say on gut instinct, if we looked at the box office halls of all the Bond films, I mean, the gap between Spectre and the next one must be huge. Well, the thing with the Bond films is they always do one good one and one bad one. Yeah, they flip flop. So, so I'm just looking. I think this is this definitely can't be global. Skyfall comes in at the highest with three uh, three hundred million. That must be UK box Did, office. UK or or, I'm or US, one of the two. Oh Christ! Worldwide <laughs> unadjusted, stats. Skyfall is one point one billion. Mm-hmm. Spectre comes in as as the second one. Okay, at at um, eight hundred and eighty. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the second best one mm-hmm. in terms of performance. And then it goes Casino Royale with at, what? Uh, 599. Yeah, see, look at that drop. I mean, that's, that's not a, a drop. Casino Royale came before that. No, but like, and look, at the, the gap, third best look at the one. gap between yeah. that. You know, it's 300 odd million. Yeah. You know, like the Bond films, like Skyfall and Spectre were really the ones to shoot to that next level. Mm. But I agree with you. You know, a drop is a drop. But I think that's reflected in the quality of the film. Exactly. That's why I would think they'd want to be, I don't know, just Let shaking, run with shaking it. up something. Let them run with it. Just in, in terms of quality, yeah. I think it was time for Craig to bow out. I think I have been a massive advocate, and it's never going to happen, but Idris Elba, uh, mm. I would love to see him take the helm. Uh, I think he would be a fantastic Bond. He's so suave and cool. If it wasn't Idris Elba, who would it be for you? I'd like I'd like to get an, a different uh, you know somebody just left of center something not the typical Bond you know let's do something new. But why it, it, at that point why not just kill the franchise then? If 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 you're if you're that keen that for something, of money. if you're that keen for something new, no 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 for you, like for what you want. So if you want something new, I'm always go down watch to go a, see a Bond film. Like I've been go watch a Jason Bourne film or something. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I've always been in the Bond Jason films. films are I've good. always had I've always enjoyed the Bond, the British spy film. Yeah. But, you know, there's it, it needs to kick up the ass. I agree and with that's that, yeah. where Danny Boyle was potentially the guy to do it. So mm, Yeah. I just I don't know how much leeway they have with that because at some point, like James Bond is relatively a specific character and there's some things about him that make him that character. Um and I think Part of that is that they're becoming very outdated um, and they're treading on very kind of fine, fine lines. Um, Socially and culturally. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, the misogyny in the James Bond franchise is going to be a huge hurdle for them to tackle moving forward. S- seriously. Even in the Craig movies, like all of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. So It's antiquated in a way. Hugely. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, it's nothing compared to like the Connery days. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, they've made massive strides with that, but at some point, like, it's just, I think it's going to become so diluted that, you know, it, it's not going to, I don't know. It's like, not going to resonate just, culturally. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's a very weird franchise right now. And I just, I, I wonder when it is time to pull the pin. If they, I, hit- I don't think they will. I think it's just got to change with the time. It's got to evolve like everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, some people can sit there and say, no, it, it won't be Bond anymore. It's not James Bond. But those are the people who are saying Idris Elba can't be cast as James Bond because they're like, no, that's not what Bond is. He's got very specific things about him. He's got. Uh, I'm not saying you're saying that, but that's, that's exactly no, 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 what it, they it's say. True. Yeah. But I think I like, got in a massive argument with a guy about that online. Oh, not worth talking and that's, to. And that's about why it. you need to like this. This is the real challenge that they will see going forward: is treading that line between keeping what Bond is and 
adjusting that for the the people coming from tomorrow and like where do you find the middle ground on that like okay what's so bad about having a black actor play um james bond as far as i'm concerned bond is uh, a money-making franchise yeah yeah, yeah. it's a brand i'm sure that's what they think as well so it can change to whatever it has to be as long as it's still like a spy movie with big spectacle like yeah who actually gives a shit about james bond as a character that dude's a dick um, anyway, if Danny Boyle was potentially the guy to shake up the franchise, uh, he's got nothing on uh, Deadline reporting that Edgar Wright is rumored to uh, potentially be in very uh, serious contention to take over directing duties. That, now, that is interesting. <laughs> How do you... I mean, his style coming to Bond, I mean, it sounds so intriguing, but I can't even conceptualize what that would be. No, I, totally. I like it because we were talking about this last week that Edgar Wright has a very tight and meticulous way of filmmaking. And I feel like that fits in with Bond so well. Like, if you think about Skyfall, like a that movie is gorgeous and it is planned and it is, you know, just that is that movie is a feast. And I think that if you took Edgar Wright and applied that beautiful brain to um, a James Bond film, not only would you get something that's probably a little off of center, but you'd get something that is meticulous and beautiful. And I think that that fits James Bond's image perfectly yeah i mean we've seen baby driver he moved away from comedy a bit um he's like but it still had that charming aspect to it you know and but james bond is charming like and and if there's anyone to bring back a little more charm it's this guy totally yeah i mean the the, i guess the thing we've forgotten in the the craig era is that bond used to be pretty silly and corny and one-liners and fun um and i think that's the direction they should head back into now because they've hinted at it with with some of the Craig stuff, but yeah. the last one was pretty dour. No, I'd love to see. The last one was shit. I would love <laughs> yeah. to see him come into this. Yeah, I'd love to see him do the intro. What would he do with the intro? You know, yeah. the classic intro. What would Edgar Wright do with that? He'd flip it on its head. He'd do something really cool. Then we get a James Bond Hot Fuzz team up. Fuck yeah! Oh, yes. <laughs> Win. I just want to know who Simon Pegg is going to play in the Nick Frost for James James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Simon Pegg is Q. Yes. It <laughs> would be a really good Q, actually. M. Well, he's basically Q <laughs> in Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, all right, next up, Hans Zimmer has signed on to score Wonder Woman 1984. Um, so Mr. Retired from Superhero Scoring. He's back. back to Superhero Scoring. Have you guys seen that uh, commercial uh, ad, I guess, I think it's on YouTube, for Masterclass, and Hans Zimmer talks about... <laughs> Um, God, I wanted to buy that. <laughs> Dude, so did I. And like, this is the problem. I hate those masterclass ads. I'm like, fuck off. Mm. I just want to watch my video. But I, I watched the entire ad for for Hans Zimmer. I was like, oh, this looks dope. I just want to hear him talk. Yeah, <laughs> just to hear his process. Yeah, seriously. So, any anything that has Hans Zimmer attached to it, it I'm I'm so down for. So I, I guess I, I am. Wonder Woman 90, 1984 is going to be doubling down Guitar. on the. The hectic Wonder Woman yeah. theme from yeah. BVS, yeah. which works most of the time, I think. I Sometimes. thought it worked. <laughs> yeah. I, I listened to this really interesting podcast with Steve Jablonski, who yeah. was one of uh, Hans Michael Zimmer's... Michael Bay. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff with Michael Bay mm. and uh, Peter Berg, but he's um, he was one of Hans Zimmer's protégés. Mm. And it was really interesting to hear about how Hans Zimmer works, because he, he has... He doesn't do this on his own. He has a massive team. Mm. He's got a lot of ghost writers. Like Hans Zimmer comes up with the main sort of pillars. And he hands it off. He's got a massive team 
pumping out movies. Mm. And then he obviously comes in, do, does the final, um, you know, ties the bow. Stands know, on the stage, does a bow. <laughs> ma- makes it, you know, gives it the The dude's got a long edge. enough career and has worked hard enough that I think he deserves that. Like, fuck it, let the dude take his bow. But it's just so... it's it's And some people would be like, oh, he's not really writing the music. Mm. No, it, he he's he's spearheading the project. He's he's the creative um, mastermind. Director, yeah. yeah, he's the creative director. But it's just really cool to, to see that... How, how does this organization actually operate? I'd love to see a day in the life, mm. how that actually all works. <laughs> but um, who, dire- who did the music? Oh, Rupert Gregson-Williams. Uh, did Wonder Woman one? Is he related to Harry Gregson? Yeah, they're brothers. Huh. And so, same from the Zimmer Zimmer school. Yeah, okay. There, um, so this is the Pirates of the Caribbean situation where Klaus Bedelt did the first one, then Hans Zimmer stepped in and did yeah, all the others. Yeah. <laughs> um, the this Wonder Woman film is really shaping up in terms of talent to be to have high expectations. I guess is probably the best way to put it. I have no idea whether it'll actually be good, but. They've definitely got... They can't use talent as an excuse. My expectations are so low. <laughs> Is that the actual title? 1984? I think so. It might be. So yeah. far, yeah. Hmm. I kind of like that. Mm. But then it reminds me of the book. <laughs> I'm like, Is there anything to this? Is there anything here? People, Any parallels? People did speculate that. I'm like, I don't think yeah. this is going to be... An Orwellian Wonder Woman future. <laughs> Past. <laughs> Dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> Alternate history that Batman <gasps> oh. somehow didn't know about. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, I, I'm always keen to hear some Hans. But I just don't think he's going to have that much room to flex his muscles in here. I don't think there's going to be that much. Like, like Dunkirk, that was a game changer in my eyes. Mm. I don't think we're going to see anything like that. It'll be bombastic, it'll be big, but it won't be one that I'll actually actively want to download it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, Apple this will be one of his phoned-in ones, yeah. possibly literally like he did with the first Pirates movie. Um <laughs> Which is a great score, but no, he, I believe he, he actually on the phone gave Klaus Bedelt that theme. Phoned in, I love that. Yeah. How good is that, though? Yeah. Oh, that's on Klaus is like, Classic. master, please. Where's the record button? <laughs> Teach me always. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, finally, uh, some details have emerged about Tom Hardy's contract uh, for the Venom film. Apparently he signed on for three movies, which people are freaking out about. Oh my God, Venom trilogy confirmed. No, so no. this this Not, is pretty standard. This is completely contract. standard. Every superhero contract is for three or more movies. Ryan Reynolds would have signed this for Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, this is they were trying standard to get, procedure. They were trying to get uh, Captain America for nine movies initially. I think he talked him down to six. So we're not getting six Captain America movies, that's for sure. Not with him in them, anyway. Um, so, yeah, this is just a case of if the movie does well, which it is looking like it really will, which is There's interesting. There's a lot of hype. Well, uh, the, just the box office projections are, are really good. I don't know why. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, I, Sony seems very confident with this. Yeah. I think it must be the boost that they're assuming will... Because have they officially said what the rating will be? No, the director... Um, said it's going to be either or. Uh, uh, well, Max Fleischer, yeah, he said he doesn't know if it's going to be yeah, PG-13 or R. Um, so I, I think we can almost certainly say that he shot an R movie and they're, like, there's probably about two different versions now, one which is R and one which is yeah, for the rest of us. That's a good insight. I and think that, often this stuff is decided in the editing room. And that, that's, that's when, that's when they'll, they'll lose. If, they went, if he goes in believing it's going to be an R-rated film and it gets neutered in the editing bay, that's when they'll lose. 
Because I'm, they're I'm not executing my... the film that they wanted to initially execute. I, I do agree to an extent. I'm sticking to my guns, though. I think this movie is going to be bad or good, regardless of the rating. Well, it's hard to say because if they because it already out, it already looks shit. Yeah, and I don't think being R is going to make it. Good. I already watched if, it. If I don't think it looks nearly it. as bad as you think. Yeah. If they've hacked at it in the editing bay, then that's not just a tonal change. That's like you're taking potentially you know big chunks out of scenes. Like I would I would assume it was filmed with the intent of not locking in the rating though. Really? Like because a lot of these movies they they release a PG thirteen movie that seems completely normal and then they'll release an extended cut or something that's R on on Blu ray. Um, and I don't think it's too much. Paddington to the, Bear to was a really weird one to get an that R was, rating for. Yeah, very strange. Paddo. <laughs> that exorcism scene was. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I th- this is look, this is nothing surprising that he signed on for three movies, but um, I will be surprised if there's three Venom movies. That I will be surprised at. George, what time is it? It's trailer time. Trailer time. Okay. All right. First is Suspiria. Um, this looks I'm like one you very, would hate. I'm very interested <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> that's, that's no, I was no, thinking this, the whole this, time. This is, this <laughs> yes. is not. He's like, this is a lot of something wank. I would probably hate. It's, <laughs> it's, probably plot. Some, it's probably something <laughs> that I won't. It's probably something I won't watch. But the this one, I didn't like the trailer, not because of the content, but I felt like it was edited very strangely, and I didn't like that. It showed it a, a lot without giving a lot away, I felt. Yeah, it was creepy and atmospheric. Yeah, Very, certainly. but yeah, but like it just, it felt like it dragged on a little bit too much. I felt like. Lots of cutting and yeah, you know, seeing a lot and of different there's visuals. there's no continuity yeah. in it. What's and, actually going on? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think trailer, cutting a trailer is, is a difficult thing to do, or, or at least do it well, because you have to toe that line between giving plot away and going for atmospheric and like there's just a whole bunch of aspects that you need to look into um on making a good trailer and this one i just felt like let's introduce a bunch of unsettling images um and yeah i, I don't think it pulled it off Throw it at the wall there's I a like trailer that though i i really like that i i thought this i like it when it's done well i thought this was done i think the strength of the visuals really intrigued me and i I agree with you it's probably it's quite a run-of-the-mill trailer but the film in of itself looks really intriguing to me it reminds me almost like a little bit of uh black swan a little bit of hereditary a little bit of mother like had a very darren aronofsky kind of vibe to it i i'm really intrigued by this film have you guys seen the conspiracy theories going around about it no you know the old man in the trailer yeah apparently everyone's like oh that's tilda swinton in makeup I'd believe that. Yeah, because he's credited... He's clearly in makeup. Well, he's credited as being played by uh, Lutz Ebersdorf. Um, okay. who sounds is, fake. Who is an actor fake. with virtually no uh, internet presence. Uh, the, he doesn't uh, have Instagram. The executive producer uh-huh. told IndieWire that he is a psychoanalyst and not at all a professional actor. Um, and everyone's just like, yep, fake. Yeah. That's one way to get some press about your <laughs> film, huh? Yeah. yeah. Star so, Trek Discovery just did it last year. They invented a fake actor to play a character Okay. on the show who was played by another character. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, looks like an interesting film. Didn't like the trailer. I really like Tilda Swinton. Um, yes. I think she's pretty amazing. So, yeah, this looks, this looks good. But, yeah. Are you keen trailer. for this, Benny? Yeah, I tried to watch the original a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um, I only got like half, half an hour into it. Just a bit, bit dated. Definitely dated. Um, 
uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to give it another go. I didn't stop watching it because it was bad or anything. It just mm-hmm. something came out, I think. And I didn't get back to it. Yep. Anyway, okay. Next up. Next up is Widows. Um, Steve McQueen, baby. Steve McQueen, he's back from the dead and oh he's making goodness. fantastic movies. Have you guys seen the first trailer for this? No. Okay, no. so it's um the first trailer, I'll give you a little bit of background. The, the first trailer for this opened up as if it was going to be a movie about these dudes robbing a bank. At least that's the impression nice. that I got. There's a lot the more on that. Yeah. Um, and then they like halfway through the trailer you realize that they die and it's like, oh, that it's actually like i like sorry i like the shift in gears like you're like oh fuck it's not about that it's about the widows that are left behind that that pick up the next heist so i loved that trailer um and i was really interested in this and i also i quite like steve mcqueen so i was i was i was keen on this and then this trailer came out and i thought this trailer has actually um continued on keeping my interest and um presenting like a really cool film like i want to see this film totally this trailer was fantastic um even without the name steve mcqueen on it who i think is one of the the greatest working directors currently um he hasn't made a movie in five years since 12 years a slave really um yeah which was what has he been doing he's been doing a lot of music videos or tv he's been he's been working yeah but not uh not making stuff like uh shame and hunger his first couple movies which um brutal man yeah yeah, his work with with Fassbender is uh, something else. Yeah. Do you know for the for the longest time, just because I didn't think about it too hard, I thought that it was Steve McQueen, like <laughs> nineteen, like the yeah. guy that died in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Like I just because I bullet at the same time that I knew that Steve McQueen had died in the eighties, I also saw Steve McQueen as the director being like. Oh, yeah. Steve McQueen took an act from breaking and then got into directing. Good for him. Good for him. And yeah, that's literally and he rose the, from the dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And didn't put, put piece of, those two pieces of information together. Um, and it was only until I saw a picture of him that I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah. that's not Steve McQueen." That black guy is <laughs> Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Steve McQueen is doing a movie about a slave." Interesting. <laughs> I loved the casting of Liam Neeson as well. Hmm. I think that is such a good subversion of. Uh, whatever he's been typecast as. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And Viola Davis looks like a great leading lady in this. Yeah. Really excited to see her in the front seat. Because I haven't seen, I've always, I haven't seen her as, as the lead in a, in a, in a film. What a um, suicide squad. Yeah. <laughs> you see, she's always sort of off to the side. So I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to see her front and center. Mm. Yeah, I'm not I'm, sure about Michelle Rodriguez. That made it feel like that casting makes it feel a little bit Fast and Furious. I think they could have moved away from that. Nonetheless, this still looks like a fantastic film. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm this kind of film. I always feel is very difficult to pull off because it is one step away from like it's one wrong casting choice or it's one kind of tonal moment away from being one of those kind of more schlucky films like. My husband's dead. Let's go do the next bank robbery. Like where it's just it's just pure entertainment. There's no real kind of deep emotional connection with yeah, it. On paper, it feels almost like a more serious Ocean's Eight or something. Exactly. But like Ocean's Eight is so contrived. You go into it and you're like, this is this is you know this is just fun. Like this is not meant to be taken seriously. Whereas this one is presenting itself as a serious go at that. And mm. you're like, okay, but I'm giving you one chance to pull this off. Yeah, I'm. I'm just have so much faith in Steve McQueen. Totally. I. I. 
just take me on the ride, man. I'd be shocked if this wasn't one of the best of the year. Yep. Really? Hmm. Okay, I'd so that, that. that's my my reason that I, I hesitate with that is because I feel like it's one step away from being schlucky. And then like the tonal, like if that happens, like if, if I get that, the tonal shift is really going to pull me out. Like, it's I'm just like, Steve Whoa. McQueen. It's, he's just a master. But he's only like, I mean, seemingly what, he's done three films, four films? But they're just like, I mean, got... really good films, granted. But like, no, not, it doesn't not, feel like by accident though. With and him. yeah, not even really good films. Like, like just the, the next level, the top of the top. Yeah. My favorite memory of 12 Years a Slave is because I was still working at the theater at the time. And, um, we, we would get during the day a lot of elderly people, like a lot of pensioners coming through and watching these films. And the amount of old women that came out and be like, that's re, like that movie is disgusting. I can't believe that you're playing that here. I'm like, you walked into a period piece about slavery. What were you expecting? Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't seen that one yet, but it gets dark. It's, it's very. It, I mean, dark. There, there are scenes in there that are really, really, really intense. Yeah, like they don't they don't pull back from it. Yeah, he doesn't pull any punches. Be a good double with Django. <laughs> as long as you play Django after. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be a weird way to go. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we've got next is slice. Which one was this? Um, the pizza Comedy pizza place werewolf yeah gateway to hell in theory i mm. really like this mm. but the trailer just didn't really show me anything for me to get really excited about this. i think this will be great i think it's a movie that's probably hard to cut into a trailer that doesn't seem a bit smug um and yeah the trailer wasn't fantastic but i i think the movie itself has a lot of promise i think there's a lot of fun elements to it mm. Uh, the horror, the sort of 70s throwback horror. Yeah, love pizza. it. There's a portal to hell in the pizza <laughs> restaurant. I mean, I love that. That sounds fantastic. Grindhouse-y kind of vibe. Mm, a lot of great actors, and it looks like they're, they're going full on with the violence and everything. So Yeah, so it's, it's a first-time director, mm-hmm. Austin Vesley. Mm. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a well, chance the rapper. Thanks for that contribution, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this one? Um, I tend to agree with you guys. It just like on paper, it sounds really cool. Um, it it rem- it makes me think of what we were just talking about, uh, which was Wellington Paranormal. Um, and the reason I don't think it has the same effect is that Wellington Paranormal has backing to it. Like it's it looks schlucky, it looks you know low budget and all that. But you're like, I know what the mind. What is this word? Schlucky. It's um schlucky. You mean schlocky? 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 Schlocky. You've said schlucky all day. Yeah, schlucky. 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 I try to hold off Connor, but when you get to the fifth time of saying it, like, like, I can't. Well, he's going to fucking come in. This is Bagel. Everyone's sitting at home and they're like, what is he talking, what is he talking <laughs> the about? The vocab police. You can tell what I'm telling Like, it's, it's a slight <laughs> I know, I know, variation. I know, I know what you're trying to say. It's the Irish accent. I went to an old boys reunion the other night. Um, the ten year? No, it was like they have an uh, like an alumni thing every year. Gross. And I, <laughs> it was. Um, and I cult. like the only reason I went is because I was, I, I just happened to be like next door, and someone was like, "Yeah, they're having they're having a high school thing there." And I was like, "Oh shit, I'll walk in," and everyone was like. Connor, how are you doing? Like, and they started to be like, I wish I could get to Ireland. That's okay. I was like, wait, what's happening here? And they're like, 
and <laughs> my friend thought that they were talking to him because he's got a slightly Irish name. So he starts going on about like, yeah, yeah, Ireland's great. And I'm standing still. And I was like, this conversation is so fucked up right now. <laughs> like just so many people just assuming I'm Irish. <laughs> But you got you and I have the same problem where our, our accent has been diluted. Like my parents are South African, lived in England, and then came here. So I've got this weird. It doesn't. Do you have an accent? People, some people think I sound South African. Like it's really, really? strange. Yeah. So there's a lot of people. Like this guy in England, he's like, "Are you from New Zealand?" <laughs> I'm like I've just got this weird mishmash. But a lot of Aussies just think I sound straight Aussie, and your accent is the same. Like sometimes you go Aussie. Canadian, and then there's a little Irish. Yeah. I don't I think hear- I've ever been mistaken for straight Aussie. <laughs> Never, but you've no got, one's ever mistaken you, you for straight. You've got, you've got you've got inflections in there, and you some some words you've just picked up. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like if like, you're in yeah. Canadian, you'd be like yeah, 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 yeah. guys. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, eh? What are you um, was, that, was that Canadian? Well, yeah, what, what was that? that? <laughs> it's like a wimpy New Zealand. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Got to have a few tangents um, here and there. Yeah. Anyways. Slice. Yeah. I, Slice. I'm going to go out of the limb and say this is going to be better than Slaughterhouse Rules. Is that what, is that what that's called? Which really? One? Yeah, the Simon Pegg. The Simon Pegg film. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, when I was away, I listened to you. You guys were into that trailer. Yeah. I, I, why I, I was so this- disappointed. Really? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not excited for that one. Mm. Um, no, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Slaughterhouse Rules is going to be better. Okay. Than this. We're I, on. I, I, okay. Is this a steak dinner? What? Are oh, you sure? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm adding it to How the list. How many of those do we have on the line right now? Ooh, I we've should got check it. We've that got a document actually. with a bunch in there. Oh, yeah. fun. I've, I opened up a document a while back, um, and then I couldn't be bothered adding all the rest of the steak dinners to the, the list because I was like, well, I mean, I'm not going to go through every backlog of the, uh, one, but we've got more. So we. Um, the, uh, one of the early ones is Batman, got- is my, my opinion on Affleck and Batman. We've got to go oh back. really? Yeah, there's something like. Oh, we got to find that because yeah, the two that I the have first ten episodes. The mm. two that I have yep. is I hereby declare that a bet involving a steak dinner was made on the sixth of May, I think, um, involving Connor, Ben, and George on the topic of the pricing of the DC streaming service, in which the details are thus. That one. In which the details are thus. George said it would be priced at twenty five dollars or at least five dollars more than standard streaming, essentially premium pricing. Uh-huh. Uh, the other one is, and this one was a dumb one that I did. I don't know why. <laughs> was I hereby declare that a bet involving a steak dinner was made involving Connor and George on the topic of Captain Marvel's costume, in which the details are thus: Connor said that uh, uh, the green suit seen in the set photos would be the main costume for the film, and not the the mock one oh, yeah, style yeah. suit. Yeah, you lost that one. Yeah, the DC one's a coin flip. But that one, you've lost that I one. I fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up hard. Fucked up. Yeah, you're just both getting a stake for each other, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, well, all right, what was this one? <clears throat> um, that slot, Benny's gone with Slaughterhouse Rules will be worse than Slice. Yeah, which is something we can't really get a definitive answer to. Yeah, so. but I think we're like, we'll just have to do it on the honor system. And if we yeah. can't come to a conclusion, we'll you have no honor. Yeah. <laughs> Benny's going to love the shit of, out of Slice. I can tell. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up. Sweet. Uh, next up, sorry, I had to. Thanks, thanks for keeping track of those. That's that's good. Yeah, no, I want my stakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not letting you get away yeah. with this shit. <laughs> um, sorry, I had to exit the show notes for a moment. Um, the next one is "Hold the Dark." Now, this one is one that I wanted to talk to uh, you guys in 
in the context of having just watched Suspiria, because I feel like they're both tonally intense and mysterious. But this trailer, I loved. Which this one trailer. Is this again? This is uh, the Jeffrey guy Wright in the snow. Yeah, uh, the wolves. Now, the, my issue with this one is it looks too much like Wind River in a lot of ways. Um, it, it is different. It's got more of a supernatural vibe yeah, it looks, to it. it. Looks darker and creepier. It, it's got more of a, but it's a, it, like some of the the. The bullet points, it's very, very similar. I'm okay with that. I'll happily watch one of those, like... I love Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. He's a very strong actor. And, and a cool casting choice for yeah, this, this character. Yeah. So, there was just something about it that just seemed a little cash-in-y. Disagree. Really? What What was it about it that felt cash-in-y? All it, the, high, the high-end it, it's, actors? It was, <laughs> it was purely on the, um, the, the setting. It's purely on the fact they're I, in the sort of, like... Where are they? Sort of Alaska or something like that, and it's Where you know native are? Native American community. I, um, I definitely see the similarities, but um, this looks like it really does have an identity of its own. And let's not forget that this is directed by Jeremy Saulnier, who did Green Room, which is like brutal. one of my absolute favorite films of, so of the year it came out. Um, and yeah, so you can imagine this this shit's gonna be fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm really keen on seeing this, but this and the, this is my point, like. This is the point that I wanted to make, at least, was this feels like a far better put together trailer than Suspiria, but it feels like it's a very similar subject matter. There was one shot in here, though, that I felt like the um, Alexander Sarsgaard with the wolf mask. I'm like, are we giving too much away here? Are we showing too much? It did air, like, it did kind of go a little bit too far on that side. I mean, that seems like third, fourth act kind of stuff, you know? Mm. And that's what we, I liked about Suspiria is it, it's there's so much left to there's so much left unanswered that you don't know what you're really going in with. This one I feel like I've got a much firmer uh, understanding of what I'm going in for. Mm. Yeah. I liked them both. I yeah. Um, on a side note, um, Jeffrey Wright's like SSO, like his his um, like billing status seems way off. Like he doesn't he he's not coming up on IMDb as top billing for this. Oh, really? He's not. He's not even just under Alexander Skarsgård. He's like several far down yeah. on Google. He's like he's not even on the main really? five. Well, it's I mean, very typically, strange. Typically, he is uh, not the leading guy. No, so. but I I recognize him over any of these people, mm. like uh, Macon Blair, James Badge Dale, Jonathan Whitesell. Like, who the fuck are those people? James Badge Dale is from Iron Man Three. Macon Blair is from Blue Ruin. <laughs> anyway. You asked. <laughs> yeah, fair call. But like, I, I, I don't people, reckon any, any, any of those people, but I definitely recognize Jeffrey Wright. I just feel like it's weird that mm. he's not getting top billing spots on this. Yeah. That's how the world works, man, sometimes. <sighs> yeah, fair call. Uh, next, we've got... Uh, so that was Netflix, by the way. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, good get uh, for them, Jeremy Solnier. That's Seriously. That's fucking awesome. Um, and speaking of good gets for Netflix, um, Outlaw King... Which is Chris Pine sporting a Scottish accent. The first I'm half so of the trailer. This. The first half of the trailer, he didn't speak, and I'm like, "Oh, what's he gonna?" Because I, I didn't know what the movie was about. I'm like, "What's he gonna say? What's he gonna sound like?" And he, he seems really good for yeah. Scotland. <laughs> that, that, so I, I punch it. I loved like the setting of this the, the trailer. Like I just I love the look of it. Yeah, um, I love the story. Like just I, I love that historical Robert the Bruce. Aspect. Yep. Yep. Um, but it was, and, and so I was super into this trailer, and then I. Like when I heard the first guy speak, I was like, I had the same reaction as you. I'm like, I'm just mm. waiting to hear Tentative. Chris Pine say anything. I'm like, 
what the fuck? Like, <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> and I was also um, watching this and I didn't feel like I was watching Chris Pine. Like I'm kind of, I, I hope I go into this and I'm watching a character. Yeah. You know, he brings so much baggage to the table. It looks like he's, he's a doing star. a good job. He's more transformative than he usually is. Yeah. Yeah. He has a beard. Yeah, no, I'm really yeah. excited. You for can this. tell that he's taking this seriously because yeah. he's got a beard. Yeah. Um, did either of you watch Macbeth? Uh, Michael Fassbender? No, 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 no. Watch a film. You- <laughs> yeah, that that looked great. That, that yeah, is sort of fucked up one. I can't recommend that one enough. Okay, because I've I heard mean, very mixed reactions look, to that. Far be it from me to be someone that's going to extol like it's Shakespeare, a Shakespeare film like that's as artsy <laughs> as it gets, but. Fucking dead. I loved that film. Okay. If nothing else, but for the visuals. Right. The witches is, look fucked up, don't they? It is a gorgeous film. Okay. Like, seriously gorgeous. Um, and Fastbender is amazing. Mm. Like, really amazing. So, yeah, w- watch that film. Mm. Seriously, it's a really good film. And watch it, like, like what don't With don't like watch off. it on a lot. No, or not even just don't like watch it on a laptop or anything. Like, get as, as uh-huh. good a. I mean, experiences you can because yeah. I was really lucky and I got to see that in the theaters and okay. that's that's a film that you want to see in the theater. Yep. Like, it's just really vivid. And- yeah, no doubt. Yeah, directed by Justin Kurzel, a South Australian director. Now, what did he do? Snowtown and Assassin's Creed. Snowtown. <laughs> well, yeah, he can't win them all. Um, Assassin's Creed, that's right. He teamed up with Fassbender again for that. I remember that. He's currently working on True History of the Kelly Gang. Hmm. Huh? Speaking of Assassin's Creed, I think I've talked to you about this before, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but I, I was expecting it to be pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, yeah. So very very excited for Hold the Dark. Um, or, uh, sorry, um, Outlaw King. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Hold the dank. I can't wait for Slice. Like, just... Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> Widows is going to be great. Yes. <laughs> How about the production on Guardians of the Galaxy 3? That's crazy. <laughs> Just a nice little recap. <laughs> what we talk about. Um, Bring it full our circle. Our final trailer uh, for trailer time is American Vandal Season 2. Yes. Another Netflix one and one I'm very excited for. I... George, you haven't seen American Vandal? So I, um, when, just before I left, I talked about on an episode, uh, I watched The Staircase. Yeah. Mm. And then you guys said, you got to go watch American Vandal. And I chucked on the first episode and I got through a few minutes and I was like, I'm not vibing this right wow. now. I'm going to leave this. Yeah. So my experience right now is like, I've kind of just avoided it. But you guys both really enjoyed it. It's so good. It's such a surprise hit. I loved it. And, and it was a surprise for a couple of reasons. One, it was just, it was as advertised funny mm. and and good. Like it was just high quality. Um, so I enjoyed it on that level, but it, 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 the, the ending, instead of taking the normal kind of dip that those shows tend to take, mm. it took a really interesting curve. Mm. I, I felt at least. Um, and, and I loved the way that they capped it off. Yeah. Really strong heart to it as well. Really well acted, really well produced. Just yeah. a great TV show, surprisingly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see that one. I'm always nervous with sequels because I feel like they're inherently a cat cash track grab. I was almost a cash word. drag. Cash, yeah. cash drag. <laughs> He's coined a new phrase. <laughs> cash grab. Um, so I always kind of like, I'm not like. There's some sequels that you can tell are done for artistic reasons and not because they're gonna earn a lot of money. This is definitely artistic. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So yeah, we'll see. We will see. All right, Boba. 
It's time to hop in Slave 1, because we're heading back to George's Star Wars Corner for your weekly Star Wars update. Star Wars rules. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. We got a few things on the list, uh, including Episode 9 set photos. So, um, if you don't want any spoilers, I would skip ahead a couple minutes. Maybe cap it off this episode, because we're going to be talking about them a little bit. Uh, okay, we're into these potential spoilers. Somebody has obviously taken these, paparazzi have taken these, unbeknownst to Lucasfilm. What do you guys think of these photos? My first initial impression is, uh, quite like the setting in the sort of, the grassy field. field. (laughs) It's a field. field. Some kind of, uh. Yeah, but how often do you see fields in Star Wars? Flora covered. (laughs) When do you see a field? Episode one. Episode one. Yep. On uh, Naboo. Tatooine. Naboo. Oh, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> Naboo. Naboo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Tatooine. God damn With those the place, fields. <laughs> a place that is literally just desert. Uh, um, Does this remind I, you of Return of the Jedi? No. Nope. Um, I like Poe Dameron's okay. outfit. Sorry. That car key. That, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. It's the car key. You know, when they're in the jungle on Endor. Uh, I'm getting some parallels there. And because may, of the fields. I'm, I'm, because of the grass, <laughs> because, oh, the, because of the khaki, <laughs> clutching its shores here. But I, I, I'm, I, I hope that they're not going to just redo episode six. They definitely are. Is that Afro a character or a, or a crew member? Because that's, that's a good Afro. Yeah, that's a good Afro. a great Afro. Um, I'm actually more interested in the horses. Those things look really, really dope. And they're going to be... They're going to... Are those? Is that green screen? No. What? Where? The one with the horses. The um, the orange around their face. Is that going to be some kind of face replacement? Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I thought. Oh, looking at it for some reason, I just thought yeah, that, look, that was like all neon. Fluffy. Yeah, so neon they're going to change yeah. the change okay. them into. <laughs> Either way, they look cool. Into aliens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what what are, what are your impressions, fellas? Fields, I like fields. <laughs> I I. I've said it before. I just I don't think I ever want to watch another Star Wars movie. <laughs> At this point, I'm so out of it. Same. Yeah. Same. No, I, I will give you that. I, I think that the the costumes look pretty cool. Um, for whatever reason, I just I I seem to enjoy them. Poe Dameron, star of Star Wars Resistance. That's fun. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's move on swiftly to uh, some more news. Dominic Monaghan. Has been cast in episode nine, so Dom- Dominic Monaghan was uh, Mary Doc Brandybuck, Mary, Mary? yeah, and he was in Lost. So this is kind of his uh, being reunited with JJ, which is kind of cool. Uh, this guy's really hasn't transcended in any way, shape, or form since either of those productions. Like hey, he's on a household hey, name. Hey, he was in X Men Origins Wolverine. I was say X Men, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, with Will I Am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not something to uh, to discuss. No, well, I mean, none of the hobbits have really done anything high profile. Even uh, Elijah Wood hasn't been in like terribly high. But profile. I feel like he's positioned himself. Sam was Raphael way. in the last Ninja Turtle series. Thank you very much. Oh, I take it back. Doesn't get high he's profile. Really killing it. <laughs> Played one of the top two turtles. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Elijah Wood positioned himself <laughs> in a certain way that he's kind of like the underground movie guy. Elijah Wood just does like shitty TV shows nowadays. 
I actually really liked. What's that uh, one you liked? Yeah, yeah. He's he's saying it to be What was it called? God, yeah. Um, Dirk Gently. Dirk Gently. Yeah. Dirk Gently. Yeah. I don't think it's terrible. I just didn't get into it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I I like a lot of the things that um Elijah does, apart from looking very similar. Him and Daniel Radcliffe seem to have a very similar um career tra- trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Like they did. They were like massive franchise movies they were the kind of the main characters and and then from there they've just kind of been like yeah fuck it i'll kind of do what i want from here on in have you seen that meme where they've split their face yeah and they they've addressed that apparently (laughs) i I think i've got it on my apparently they get mistaken for each other all the time and they just have this thing where they'll like they'll just be like yep i'm that person and like sign as (laughs) like elijah wood or something like that that's cool i like that there was a apparently there was um I think it was them that they had there was rumors about doing a boxing match between each other, like a charity, like oh, for funny, funny That'd be cool. boxing match where they like vie for, I can't remember. Um, I don't have that meme, but check that out. Isn't Jesus. that incredible? That's, uh, that's something. The 90s and. That's not really good podcast oh, etiquette to wow. show us. That's, that's, a photo. Gonna, uh, that everyone so, listening, everyone so listening, not relevant. I'm going to put this on the Facebook page. <laughs> you got to see this shit. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Well, that's it for Georgia Styles Corner. Let's get into question of the week. Who should replace Danny Boyle for Bond? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. <laughs> Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Right. Uh, uh, get Pierce Brosnan, man. Get him. <laughs> directorial, <laughs> de- directorial debut. Get that motherfucker in. He knows. He's got one of the best, half of the best. None of the best Bond films ever. <laughs> yeah, if he directed, probably be better than his Bond movies. So. Would you watch a Scorsese Bond film? No. Yeah, that'd be weird. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. My God. Um, uh, Chris Nolan, I think, is, is definitely the guy. Do you think it. Nolan, like, I know everyone says Nolan is, you know, every, he's one of those directors, the household name directors that everyone mm. kind of throws in the mix. Do you think if Nolan attacked the Bond franchise, do you see that being a fruitful endeavor? I don't. It's not the direction I want the franchise to go. I, I'm sure it could be great. I mean, Inception, like tonally and scope wise, I think is, is lifted along, a lot. along the same lines as that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wouldn't. You, it wouldn't you want to the, go in more comedy, self self aware. Whilst Nolan self, is self aware to an extent, not comedy necessarily, but uh, yeah, just just kind of acknowledging where the franchise has been. Um, because Nolan, it would be a very serious, very composed style. Presumably, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about someone like David Fincher? Oh, Finchos. No, I, I... Think about the opening for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. As a Bond opening. Just saying. Most definitely. Most definitely. It's amazing how influential that intro has been. I feel like every TV show I watch has an intro like that. American Gods, it was exactly really? that. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it even sounded like Immigrant Song. It was so weird. Um, but yeah, we, would you want to see a David Fincher do... Uh... I watch Fincher do anything. Yeah. I mean, like, granted, but like, do you think that this is the best use of his time, maybe? I don't no, it wouldn't, wouldn't be, what, it wouldn't be I where I wanted afraid. Fincher to go. No. no. I want to see him do more sci-fi and horror. Yep. Yeah. Not World War C, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's over. Yeah, it's over. Good. <laughs> and something else is over. Oh, our friendships. Hey, hey bye, no, everybody. Now bloody <laughs> time. Ep- this episode is done. Well done, fellas. Lots of fun. Lots Another of one in the news. bank. Episode one hundred and sixty. Boom. Get that up in you. 
uh, <laughs> at eight o'clock in the <laughs> morning. <laughs> Uh, just quickly, guys, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, all the good places, <clears throat> and uh, we'll be back next week. Are we seeing a movie this week? Maybe. Probably. Possibly. Or is The Nun the next one on the horizon? I haven't checked our schedule. Nun's, yeah, a couple weeks out, but... Nun's uh, two weeks away, I believe, yeah. just about. Crazy times. Well, stay tuned, because there'll be someone coming. Yes, uh, Slender Man. I think we're bypassing that one. Yeah. yeah. Bye, right, everybody. Fellas. Bye. 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 Bye.